In this episode, we're talking about where there's a will, there's a fae. And there might be some sparkly green fires. Welcome to Drinks of the Doll, episode 105. Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And we are talking about where there's a will, there's a fade in this episode. We are doing some longer discussions going back to the first through third seasons and doing longer discussions of episodes, but we decided to also do shorter discussions of episodes that we were like, that's an, that's an episode. I don't know that I want to have a long talk about it, but we can talk about it. <laughs> That is exactly how she sounded when we were discussing this. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do what she will. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I just got joke sniped. I think she did. I think you did. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so where there's a will, there's a fae. What do we think of this episode? You go first, Chris. What are your What are your general feelings about this episode? You know, I, I think it's a... It's a pretty, ah. I think it's a pretty good episode <laughs> with memorable guest characters. I love that it continues the theme of Bo and Kenzie taking care of each other. How? In what way? In what way do they? Do you like that they take care of each other? You, you know, the constant uh, concern for, for one another. You know, several things happen <laughs> in this episode. They almost get shot by, by a rifle through a door. I guess it's a shotgun more than a rifle, but I think, uh, doesn't Bo, like, shove Kenzie yes. out of the way and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Kenzie prevents Bo from... From going too far and with a uh, cheese suckage. <laughs> so, how about you, Annie? What do you, what are your thoughts about this episode? Yeah. Also, I think it's a really good episode. It establishes more of the world building of the show, and you know, even for the beginning, you find out more about Bo as a character that she ran away from home and she really has this motivation to find her family, which of course goes through. It's a theme throughout the series. And it's so much funnier than I remember, because you have all of Kenzie's humor established and all her one-liners, and I was just dying laughing the whole time. So, I liked it. Yeah, this is a very solid follow-up to the premiere type of episode where, you know, the first episode is is unique. Bo's not really going to go through those series of events ever again, so this one establishes more what the show's going to look like week to week, so we get, like, the fay of the week. It's a good little episode. Mm-hmm. But look, looking back, I was there was like this moment that I thought was really I laughed out loud, even though it wasn't supposed to be funny, because because Bo doesn't meet Trick in the first episode, right? She she meets him in this episode, and like Dyson takes her to to meet this guy, and the one of the first things Bo says to Trick is, "I just need somebody to be straight with me." <laughs> <laughs> Wrong person. Wrong person. Yeah. Bo. Oh, irony. <laughs> I know. I'm all. This is weird. But she, they don't know, and she doesn't know so much right now, and weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was also reminded of our Food for Thought episode. We had the, we had the conversation about Trick's lair, and, and when I watched this, I was reminded, you were right, Annie. They, they walk, the little room that they go into when they sign the book is just off of the bar. It's not actually down below. I told you. But you know what? Did well, it seem I like... I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you... You know what, though? Did it seem like where the ledger that Trick had, it's huge in this episode, and then when it gets stolen, it's a lot skinnier, isn't it? I don't know. I don't seems really remember it. It seems to have shrunk in size. I was like, it was not that big. 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll have to look. Yeah, I, now it I'll just have to compare. struck me. Yeah, but you were all. Wait a minute, Bo didn't sign there. She didn't sign there. But I remember all the what Trick was talking about and how you were saying, "Oh, that wasn't referenced later about yes. Bo's parents and the exactly." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because he makes it seem like he's going to write her parents' names in the book. But when we see the signatures, there are no parents' names. It's just signatures. Of anybody's. Yeah, just signatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he writes it down in a different book. Maybe. Because so, he's got a lot of books. Yeah, maybe it's the backup ledger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> From a cutscene. That's where... why it's skinnier. It's yeah. just the signatures. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It was also really fresh. Speaking of Trick, I also had a moment where the Trick and Dyson have that exchange about how Bo's going to be tough to manage, and Dyson says something like, well, yeah, but we'll see. I I just wanted to, like, growl at them. From your gesturing, I thought you wanted to do, like, a Three Stooges and knock their heads together. (laughs) That would have also worked. (laughs) No, it looked like she was choking somebody. Well, that's too. (laughs) Yeah. I will choke them and smash their heads together simultaneously. Oh, so so violent. And, uh, yeah, okay. Yes. Well, men being condescending brings that out in me. (laughs) It's a violent episode today, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I also noticed that we got, like, at least two really good establishing shots of the doll. They don't often do that, where they show the outside of the doll. Usually it just starts on the inside. Right. Mm -hmm. It was actually kind of funny in watching, I think it was maybe season five or something, season four or five, there was some outside shot of the doll and it took me a second to realize that's what it was because it had been so long since we'd seen it (laughs) i'd completely forgotten that that's where the doll was located well i always remember caged fae where they use some Mm -hmm. establishing shots of the doll so and that's one i rewatch a lot so i was like you know i recognize it but i always want to know there's that lantern outside the doll if Mm -hmm. that symbology on the lantern means anything to fae anyway because there's so much about symbology and runes anyway random thought Right. And I'm always, and I was reminded that really the door to the doll is this really nondescript building. It, it, no one, I think, would know it was a bar unless you were looking for it. It just looks yeah. like a door off of an alley. Yeah. Well, I think that's the point. That's how they so. like it. Yeah. I think that's, it's totally intentional. That's the Fae deal. Mm hmm. And again, it's reminded in this episode and in early episodes how the Fae make it really a point to hide from humans. We're like, right. oh, yeah, you kind of forget that in later seasons. I also wanted to ask you, Chris, because, again, Annie has not seen Buffy. Mm. When Bo is trying to sweet-talk the jeweler guy, and he's just like, oh, no, there's no uncut jewelry. You just What you see is what you get. And she goes, oh, hell, and then grabs him. And then she says, she says something like, look, I don't do well at undercover. Does that remind you of Buffy? It hadn't. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. But maybe it will now. Because there's in the season three premiere in Anne, where she's trying to talk her way into the religious organization place where she thinks all of the people are being taken. She's like, say, I've just, there's so much sin and full of the sin and I need to get rid of the, she's just badly trying to talk her way into this place. And then she just gives up and says, oh, I suck at undercover. (laughs) I was just thinking that Buffy in that scene sounds like me normally. (laughs) Badly. <laughs> I, I just loved your impersonation of that, even though I haven't seen it yet, Stephanie. That just sounded great. It's so. a funny, funny scene. <laughs> Buffy's good stuff, Annie. I think you did. I think it. you did. I know, it. I know. But I, I think um, it's really interesting how it shows how Bo is just real. That scene just shows how Bo is willing to use physical force and just say, ah, screw it, you know? And yeah. again, that's part of her character. She's like, 
you know, I need, I need results now. And you also see later in the fight scenes how she must have some street cred or something to be so good at dodging various blades that keep getting thrown at her, you know, and the combat scene and the first episode and things like that. So I'm like, wow. Bo's just got skills from somewhere, because there's no way in hell I'd be able to do that. Like I said, if I was in the Fey world, I'd be dead within two minutes. <laughs> no way in hell, but she's from hell. <laughs> I know, I know, but okay, never mind. So let's talk about things this, that made us happy in this episode. Do you want to go first, Chris? So at the beginning of the episode, Bo and Kenzie return to their home, and there's a stranger inside... What does Bo do? She sort of makes sure she's positioned in between the intruder and Kenzie, and she brandishes a plunger. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Bo, what did you think you were going to do with that? You can you can hit somebody with Plunge a plunger. Plunge his face it's and true. really get the suction going and really do some damage. <laughs> <laughs> Suck their eyeballs that, out. or Like, it's, it's long and you can get some momentum I going guess. there. That's true. Is more what I was thinking. Well, it's not a terrible weapon, but obviously not the best choice of weapon, I guess. But they just went shopping. That's all they had. You realize the crack house was <laughs> empty until then. What else is she going to grab? The 100-pound sideboard? 200-whatever yes. yes. pounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't know her strength, then. What is it? What does Kinsey call her? A, what power? A nookie-powered... What is it? A nookie-powered succubus? Maybe she just calls her a succubus, but I like that she refers to Bo as being nookie-powered. Yes. You would enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> but no. I thought nookie was a head, not a vajayjay. What? Nookie-powered? Nookie just means, like, sexy times. Oh, nookie. Maybe I'm thinking noggin. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yes, you are thinking noggin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Sorry, Chris. I've interrupted you about five times. That's <laughs> uh, okay. No, but but Bo with the plunger kind of like reminded me of it's sort of like a funnier version of Alias because Sydney Bristow would always grab whatever was mm -hmm. on hand during a fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> like anything in her hands was like a fight deadly very weapon. effectively. Yeah, she'd often hit people with like fire extinguishers or or cutting boards or something. And so I, I liked that. It's sort of a, a nod to that, but like a, a winking -y nod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of wish, though, if she was going to use the plunger as a weapon, that she bought the kind that's not flat on the bottom, that has the little extra sort of cup on the inside that's really meant for toilets, because mm -hmm. those are way heavier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a fair point. That would be a better plunger weapon. <laughs> Stephanie's thought about it too much. I, I, just, I'm having extremely dirty thoughts right now. Anyway. <laughs> about dirty literally, because I'm talking about plungers? No, or? no, no. Oh. Just... Never mind. You're having nookie-related uh, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. worse, isn't it? Or should it I call is. them noggin-related thoughts? <laughs> yes, yes, you should. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first when you were saying head and instead of a JJ, I was like, is this a penis reference? <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. No, I, I, and I, then I got that. confused. <laughs> no, I, I got my end words mixed unnerved. up. Then <laughs> so, it took a weird turn to noggin, but... Anyway. Yeah. So what's something that made you happy in this episode, Annie? Um, Noggins. <laughs> Noggins. <laughs> well, Kenzie, and she kept giving Will such a hard time about his weight. And I'm like, Kenzie, you're Leave really funny, but but lay off. And yeah. poor Will, he's like, I struggle. And I'm like, I know, Will, I struggle too with my cravings. So I understand you. I get you. But uh, so that that I liked. I just really enjoy Will, the Will of the Wisp. I think he's delightful. Oh, yeah. 
Totally. And it's the be- it's the beginning of establishing Lost Girl in that world building as it's the Will of the Wisp, and he looks nothing like what you traditionally imagine a Will of the Wisp would look like. You know, right. normally you think they're fairy like female, very footy, light, pretty creatures, and it's this older, overweight, graying, you know, straggly haired, bearded guy. So the fact that Lost Girl is starting to do that with the Fae of the Week is really cool. I really liked the little opening sequence in the hardware store. First of all, as I was watching, I was thinking, this is the f- like a shopping montage, and where are they? They're in a hardware store. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I yeah. love it. Like, granted, we do see them shop for more traditionally girly things later and later episodes, like clothes and stuff. But I like the first shopping montage. They're getting like a plunger and a screwdriver. Duct tape. And, yeah, yeah, duct tape. But they didn't get the tiki lights, much to Kenzie's dismay. <laughs> much to Kenzie's dismay. Also, I love Kenzie's wig. With, like, bedhead or something. That is a yeah, weird yeah. wig. No, I know, but that's kind of why I like it. Because it's like, they're they're very clearly establishing Kenzie's, Kenzie's a little eccentric. Eccentric, yeah. But I, I like when she, when Kenzie has the gardening shears, and she sort of, like, you know, what do you call Snap, that motion? Snaps them at the dude and says, trust me, buddy, you already got lucky. I love that I whole sequence, too. Plus, that dude was cute. That dude was super he cute. Was. And I was he like, was. I don't know, I was like... He looked kind of familiar. I'm like, was he a stand-in or something? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. He does look kind of familiar, though, but I don't know. Yeah. I didn't look him up. But yeah. I love that, too, where, where Bo sort of gets entranced and starts leaning. and then hungry. And yeah. I love that Kenzie just sort of grabs her around the waist, which I know that <laughs> yeah. she does in another episode shortly after this. Mm-hmm. It's like Kenzie's move to, to Bo block. Mm-hmm. What is it? Thanks for the crotch block? Yeah, Bo says thanks for the cock block. Oh, the cock on. block. Oh, okay. And that's another that's another scene that makes me really happy. I love that sequence where Kenzie stops Bo from feeding. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that I was watching. This is when I was trying and have so far failed. But kind of maybe it's a good thing to watch Lost Girl with my mom because I don't want to watch Docubus Sexy Times with my mom. But so we had watched the first episode, then we watched the second. And that scene where Kenzie stops Bo from feeding. It's like she understood the Kenzie-Bo relationship already. She goes, oh, she's really good for Bo. That's really good. She stopped her from doing the thing. And I was like, oh, even my mom gets it. (laughs) I like it because we see how dangerous Bo could be, but we see how much she really tries to control that part of herself. How much she is dangerous but tries not to be. Yes, because I I really like the way that she just immediately says to to Kenzie, I'm sorry about what happens to her. But this is what I think is interesting, is do you think that Kenzie was almost... I interpreted that look that Kenzie gave Bo afterwards, after she choked her, that she was a little afraid of Bo, because she yeah. hasn't seen Bo. Yeah, and I was like, wow, knowing how close they are now, you know, it's it's kind of scary to see that at the beginning. But I think that's sort of the thing, right? Like, everybody knows Bo the way she is, so when Bo can't control it, it really is... I mean, it would be genuinely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, that's not the person you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. What's something else that makes you happy, Chris? <laughs> the nogginless Doolahan. <laughs> Bring it back around. Now we could use the word noggin. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I forgot to look it up. Is that something that Lost Girl made up, the Doolahans? I have no idea. I don't know. Okay. I'll have to look it up and see. Obviously, I think it's a take on the Headless Horseman. Bo even mentions it. But I'm not sure if it's a real thing that, that they pulled out of mythology or not. I like the fight with the Doolahan. I thought it was yes. a little. I like. I thought it was a little silly. I'm like initially. I'm like, oh, headless horseman. We've seen that before. I liked Will a bit more as a Fay of the Week, but that's just my opinion. 
I like the Julie Han because I think he, you get some pretty good fight scenes from him. That's, That's primarily true. why I like him. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, Bo just dodging and weaving and, you know, Kenzie coming in and burning the head and the head acting all surprised at the end, I think was a pretty cool special effect. A Doolahan is a real thing. Oh. The Irish Doolahan, meaning, which is a, an Irish phrase that means without a head, is a type of unseely fairy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. A type of I mean, I'm not fairy? surprised that it's a real thing because I'm pretty sure they've said before that they don't make up stuff, but mm -hmm. I had no proof. Seely and unseely are apparently categories of types of fairies. So, but it is. It's a type of Irish fairy. So there we go. Good to know. Insert the more you know. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> so what else was something that made you happy, Annie? Documus lab. Before sex. But it, it's so re refreshing for me to watch this scene from the beginning and to watch the episode and the context around it. And... To know where it goes in the whole place of the series, <laughs> Lauren turns around. Oh, how long have you been standing there? And I'm yelling at the TV, long enough to be staring at your perfect ass, Lauren. So it's <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> see, Annie. It is good to watch things that aren't docuvous sex. <laughs> I know, but anyway, it's a very <sighs> it's 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 interesting to see early Lauren be so concerned about. Wanting to help Bo, but so restricted within the rules of the Light Fae, and still helping her. But then, was it that scene, or? Oh, yeah, I think it was just. Uh, see, I was watching all these last night in a row, very late at night. So by this point, it's like 2 a.m., and my cat's sleeping on my lap, but I'm like, just guess already! And it, it was like this really growly sound, and it woke my cat up. She's like, what the hell is that? Another cat? So it's really funny to see myself react to these episodes, <laughs> these docubus parts later with all of my, you know, with all of my history of docubus love and built up. It gets, I get very randy, as <laughs> Lauren would say. Frisky even? <laughs> Frisky. It's, it's, it was very fun watching that scene again. So how about you, Chris? Thoughts on the lab scene? Uh, not, not as much as Annie. <laughs> I like, I like the lab scene. Excuse me, I need to wipe my eyes. <laughs> I mean, it was such a like, gets already. It was, I can't, I can't replicate it exactly how I did it. It was like so fun. Just burst from my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the, anymore. The things, the things about the lab scene that stood out for me when on this rewatch, well, is the fact that I, I like how it switches to that scene is very quiet. Like it starts very quietly, and even though I wouldn't say the previous scenes are particularly boom loud, ah, but there's a very <laughs> I think deliberate kind of calm quietness to the way that that scene starts. All you really hear is kind of a machine hum in the background, and it takes a while before they start talking to each other. So it kind of places Lauren in a different sphere of Bo's world than the other pieces that we've seen so far. That's a that's an excellent observation, because that is really Lauren's place more often. You know, Lauren doesn't necessarily go out into the field more than, you know, a time or two in, throughout the first few seasons. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, and that's where you see her. And and it's different for Bo in the context of the episode, because it's a very action-packed, a lot of fight scenes yeah. episode, and a lot of outside places, a lot of 
places where it's raining, you know, you can see all the horrible Toronto weather, but it's it really is literally a different kind of world being in that set. And then I also really like, there's this look that Lauren gives at the very end of the scene. It's kind of this nervous, hesitant little look. And I remember, I think it was the second time I watched the episode. And so I'd seen season one and season two. And I watched this episode again. And I thought, oh, she gives this little look. Maybe she was doing research on, like, Nadia's condition. And then I realized Zoe Palmer would have had no idea about that at this point, because they hadn't come up with that storyline yet. So I like that that look can have a lot of meanings to it, depending on sort of what you know about the character. You had mentioned that before, and I was like, I was too into myself to notice the nervous look last <laughs> night. No, I had read, you know, I read that, and I was like, uh, yeah, it's a nervous you look. yourself, you mean... Too busy looking at, at Lauren, right? Yeah. Well, no. Maybe she's just nervous because she's like, I wonder how long I could last in bed with her before I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to use myself as a research subject for this succubus, but I don't I think, think right now is the appropriate time. I think she was probably going more for... I'm helping her, but against the Ash's orders. I was going to say, that's what I assume. <laughs> yes, I know. There is the be, uh, but... logical interpretation, and then there is the Annie interpretation. So. <laughs> <sighs> Seen through the lens of docubus sex. <laughs> it's quite pervy from here. It's a beautiful view. <laughs> I also wanted to mention... In contrast to Annie's enjoying the docubus flirting, I enjoy the bo- the bow and dice and sexy times at the end of the episode. <laughs> it was not bad. It's a good, sexy little scene, and it reveals a lot about the characters. And I just I like that that ending a lot. When you said reveals a lot, I thought you might be finishing with a uh, of skin of skin that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before that, I like how concerned again Kenzie is about Bo because she's you know really hurt. It seems at the end of the episode, so she's like. You know, we got to do something. And she's like, I know what to do. So uh, I just like all the Bo and Kenzie bits throughout the episode. That is, I think, my favorite part of the episode, too. But yeah, the sexy times. most episodes. The sexy times are really sweet at the end of the episode because they're both. She's so worried about Dyson and he's like, it's okay. I also wanted to give credit to the director who is Robert Lieberman. I really like the shot looking out from Bo's trunk when they're supposed to be looking at the doula hand, I think that's a really cool shot. And then I also like when he has Bo and Kenzie peering through the shotgun hole in the door. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, a little Quentin Tarantino-esque type shot from a trunk. But yeah, I really right. liked the angle of that shot. I always like that little shot of Kenzie, like peering around to see the edge of the uh, uh, storage unit to see. She's like, oh, Andy took the, the jewels. Oh, he took the swag. Yeah, 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 yeah the swag. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can go and tell us in the comment section over at drinksofthedoll.com. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinksofthedoll.com or send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right-hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. <laughs> Guess already. My name is Annie. I mean, Dr. Guess. Guess already. And my name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. <laughs>